0: Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Oh, it is. Uh, it is the Matt Mosley Show. And Travis Brown uh, joining us now from the Eagle, Bryan College Station, great publication. He's been covering this uh, firing of Jimbo. And now he's made his way up to see the Aggies, fifteenth ranked. Where they moved up to? Are they like thirteenth in the country now, Travis? You've you're in yeah, position 13. to see them versus the Mustangs tonight.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really. I'm just stalking you. I think I'm about four blocks from your house right now. So uh, <laughs> look out for that.
0: All right, man. We'll be kind of looking out the window and uh, and see where that goes. I mean, you do have. Uh, someone in your family, at least one member of your family, that went to SMU. So I would imagine, uh, I would imagine she's uh, maybe will be in attendance this evening. Is that accurate?
1: Uh, they, they they had a prior engagement, but they might be swinging oh, by late okay. if that happens. I actually had uh-huh. three members of my family went to SMU, including my grandfather, who was an All American basketball player at SMU.
0: Wow. That is uh, that is big time. That would have been, uh let's see, your grandpa, what year would that have been?
1: 1948
0: to 51. Golly. I mean, they, they went to the Final Four somewhere back in those days, like the 40s or 1950s. Um, yeah, it, was,
1: it wasn't during his time, but I, he, he okay. did graduate as the Mustang's career points leader, but that was before the three-point line, so that that got blown away pretty quickly after that.
0: <laughs> oh man, that is very good to know. I mean, you'll be over there at the legendary arena where he probably played. Moody's been around for many, many years, so uh, yeah, they'll be. They,
1: uh... they played where the uh, Perkins Indoor Swimming Facility was. Uh. it became the swimming pool. So, uh, but but more importantly. <laughs> I was a ball boy there when I was in, like, fifth grade.
0: So, you know. Oh, wow. All kinds of
1: connections.
0: Yeah, that would have probably been post-Sunny, maybe John Shoemate, or maybe even Mike DeMint.
1: It was Mike Mike DeMint.
0: The ill-fated Mike DeMint era. Okay. Uh, I'm glad we got all that established. Now, as a proud TCU (laughs) graduate, though, Travis, uh, the Blue Bonnet battle is out there. And, and, um, boy, some people – some people have not loved this trophy, the name of it. I kind of, I as I tweeted yesterday, kind of admire the student government. People. I mean, I guess we just let student government now just run every, whatever they want to come up with. We just institute it. I mean, Sonny was there, the Baylor AD, uh, the Baylor coach. Can you imagine Dave Aranda gets blown out by K-State and they say, Hey, coach, remember we got that Zoom call Monday morning to announce the Blue Bonnet Battle. <laughs> I mean, what a deal. What a deal. Now, what do you make of the trophy in the Blue Bonnet Battle? Is this a – was the Revivalry not good enough?
1: See, I was all for the Revivalry. You bring that good church history back, right? It's like a good old church softball league, you know, where where yeah. everybody thinks that it's going to be cordial, but, you know, there's a few – few elbows thrown and maybe a, a a bad word said under your breath that's that's what i like about this 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 game and this rivalry a rivalry really encapsulated uh that but no the the blue i mean i guess there's blue bonnets on i-35 in the spring when you're driving up i, I don't get it the yeah. trophy kind of looks like they ordered it on etsy Um, so there's, there's that too. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, my, my crowning glory, my, I'm, I'm actually the keeper of the, the Bonham trophy. That's the A&M South Carolina, that bitter rivalry trophy game. I did a story on it a while back. They, how they keep it in the Alamo? Uh, but it it is a piece of art. It was, it was designed as a piece of art. So you can't take it on the field and, you know, have some, Four hundred pound offensive lineman swinging it around or anything. So at least this seems like it's it's durable. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not gonna get uh, cracked up or anything too well. But yeah, it it kind of looks like uh, you, you might have ordered it on the Wish app or something like. that. I don't know. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, Gary Patterson will be on at four twenty, and we'll get his take on this. Now, what's the latest on the A and M? search and have you at least figured out like a timetable in talking to all your sources like what when would they like to have this wrapped up because you don't do it early unless you you kind of want to move quickly and you want to preserve the the class the recruiting class you want to get some excitement around the new coach what are you sensing in terms of how quickly will this go
1: when we were kind of talking to Athletic Director Ross Bjork after his press conference standing around, he the, the date that just kind of casually got thrown around a little bit was December 4th because that's when the, the the dreaded transfer portal opens. You know, it the little the little electric circle appears on the wall and the players can just walk right through it and and appear at another school, and uh, you want to have your coach in place preferably before that deadline because that's when you are trying to recruit your own players to stay at at the school they don't put their name in there and and then you can start to them in those relationships with the recruiting class and start looking at who you might want to pull back in in the transfer portal and uh that was the date that was kind of tentative now you know you you kind of say okay well December 4th if you have a a coach you know when you if you're going to go make a splash hire and bring someone in who's mm you know, in a, in a playoff situation or something like that, whether it be a coordinator or a coach or, you know, December, you're not going to have them before December 4th. And Ross kind of said, well, yeah, we understand that could be a possibility, but that December 4th date has kind of stood out. And, and so I think if, if I'm going to start speculating on who that could be, you might want a guy who could probably be available before or around December 4th. And that mm. narrows the scope a little bit. So I, I I'm not saying that they will have someone in before december fourth, but I, I that certainly seems logical if you're going to try to make a move this early,
0: yeah, those like the big ten all those championship games are like December second, aren't they and I mean, to mm-hmm. get one of those current and you got some guys that'll be in the running for the final four and mm-hmm. and you already have people saying, no, I'm not gonna do that uh it'll be uh it'll be fascinating. what resonates with you the most in terms of when you hear all these names, and you're hearing all the same ones everybody else is, and you may have a, a secret name or two that you haven't put out yet, but what resonates the most with you? Like, what seems like the most logical fit? I mean, it would be hilarious if they tried to hire another Florida State coach. I mean, I know I know Norvell's a different guy, but still, that would be very, very funny if they tried to go down there. And the Dabo thing I keep hearing, I mean, it's just like... That's almost like exactly like Jimbo. Now, yeah, I think you could argue Dabo had had longer and more sustained success than Jimbo, but in a sense, you would be getting a guy who's kind of going the wrong direction at Clemson. So, and I loved, I mean, Dabo's unbelievable. I'm not one of these people who tries to dunk on him because what he's done there is, is—is that would be a better hire than Jimbo. I really do believe that. But I don't know. that. I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Well, you, you, you've been in this long enough. You know how these things go. Whatever, whenever there is a uh, a coaching change and things went sour in the fan base, you, you always go the opposite. It, it always fluctuates. The, the, the needle swings the complete other way. So when, if, you, if you're going to go follow the, 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 the path of swinging completely the other way, well, that's that's a defensive coach, and yeah. that is yep. a coach that you may, maybe you're looking at uh, an up and comer. Maybe you're looking at a coordinator. Maybe maybe you're looking uh, in in that direction. I, you're right. I don't think they're going to go after Norvell. They're not going to you know tap into that Tallahassee pipeline again. Uh, they're not going to go for Davo. Davo uh, has proven that he's not doesn't embrace this new world of college football where there's the transfer portal portal and the NIL. And why would you bring a guy in who's kind of seemingly so anti NIL to one of the most NIL frenzied uh, programs in in the country? So I don't think that would be a good fit. I I think if you're concerned about keeping this 2022 history-making class together, you want to try to keep Elijah Robinson, the interim coach right now who is, one of the key factors in bringing in that 2022 recruiting class and has been proven to be a uh, a, a good coach. I, I think maybe the first phone call you make is Mike Elko over at, at Duke because he was yeah. the coordinator who hired uh, Elijah Robinson over here. He uh, had some really great defenses at A&M. He knows what is going on here at A&M. He knows the, 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 the bureaucracies and the higher-ups and everything like that. I think if you want – To try to keep this thing rolling a little bit and not have to do a full rebuild, I think Elko's the guy to go to. Then uh, the next tier of guys, and I've kind of vacillated between the two of them. One of them makes a little sense. One of them's a little bit out there. One of them's Jeff Trailer at UTSA. I think uh, you know Ross Bjork made a, a pointed comment saying they want to try to find their next RC slogan. A guy who won a lot of games for them, uh, winning as coach in A and M history, stayed for a long time. He was promoted as a as a, a defensive coordinator into that position. Uh, so you know, you go the power five route, you bring in Jeff Trailer. A lot of talk. I've talked to a lot of people over that said Jimbo and the the Texas High School Coaches Association didn't get along at times. There was that issue when he first came in and he went and talked to the private seven-on-seven coaches first before the high school coaches and then he skipped out on the coaches convention this year like a day before there, there's some burned bridges there or at least some some smoldering uh, bridges and you bring in a guy like Jeff Trailer, who is is Texas high school football and Texas football he, I think that's a great fit he his son went to A&M he coached at Arkansas he coached at Texas I think that would be a pretty natural fit. And then the other guy that stands out to me is why not maybe see what does, what happens in these next two games and give Elijah Robinson a go. I mean, he is one of the uh, most well thought of assistants in, certainly in the program, if not uh, around the region, he he is one of the biggest reasons they pulled in that class. The reason he's the interim and was a promoted to associate head coach while Jimbo was here was the relationships he's able to build with players Um you know, if you want your next RC Slocum, why not follow the same kind of path? He's a co defensive coordinator. Uh let him get get his shot. And I think a big thing to factor in here is the fact that they are gonna be paying two head coaches for the next eight years. They owe Jimbo's about seven million dollars a year for the next eight years after that yeah. initial chunk of like twenty six million uh goes out. So uh, you might have to tighten the belt a little bit and go a little little bit more budget. I don't think you'll be giving them a guaranteed contract, so maybe one of those two guys uh, fits the bill a little bit more. That's kind that, of the three yeah. that have perched my antenna up.
0: Yeah, that sense of entitlement there, uh, I wouldn't, if you float that stuff out there too much, they, they think even, there's no name they think is big enough other than like Saban. It's kind of like a little bit, like they've got a little bit of the Longhorns in them now, uh, they kind of think, well, no, this guy, Elijah. Now, I'm, I'm with you. I'd love to see that guy get a chance, but he won't. And and we both know Elijah. I mean, I, again, that what a great guy. I mean, Matt Rule was going on and on about him. There's a name for you, by the way. Coached oh. in Texas. Uh, I know he's just been in Nebraska. He would be looked as the biggest turncoat ever. But he's a man who loves to job hop. And... I mean, if you want to, but again, that's, you're going to have to go high, high money to get him out of there. He probably wouldn't do it, but it is a job a lot of people, I a mean, trailer will do it in a heartbeat. Um, it's funny, they they say they want the next RC Slocum. I mean, they, they couldn't get, at the end of his time, couldn't wait to get him out of there. Right? That's a, that's the way these things work. You come all the way full yeah. circle. Gosh, if we could just get somebody like RC, I mean, think about how excited they were to have Dennis Franchoni. I mean, it's just like, I mean, in these things over the years, it's it's wild to follow all these things. It's going to be fascinating to see where it ends up. Now, what's this quarterback like, by the way? Lost in all of this, Jimbo uh, and Bobby roll out another quarterback. And, again, Mississippi State's coach got fired too, so maybe we shouldn't judge too much on it. But, I mean, how well did he play? And is the are fans kind of excited about this guy?
1: here Here's the difference uh, between Jalen henderson and and the other quarterbacks that they've had this season, especially if you look at max Johnson, Jalen henderson, they they actually came up with a game plan that fit his skill set. He is an RPO short throw real fast can use his legs, Tim Tebow-ish type quarterback. And they built a game plan around that and it worked really well. Whereas every quarterback that Jimbo's had since he's been here, he said, I have my way of doing things. You're gonna fit into my system. I'm not gonna tailor my system around to you. And so it's it's it, they actually ran what looks like a, a stereotypical college RPO offense, not a a pro style Type of NFL offense, and it was exciting. The crowd got into it. They were able to move the ball. They hung the most points in a non- overtime game since uh, uh, the the Kenny Trill game at South Carolina. Uh, it, it was it was exciting, and so it's going to be interesting. I, I, Max Johnson. Should have- isn't going to play this weekend? He, he told me he isn't practicing. He doesn't expect to practice this week. So it should be Jalen Henderson. And I think it should be Jalen Henderson the, the rest of the way out, because I think he gives them the best chance with an offensive line. That's not so great. And his ability to move around and make plays. But, but like you said, it was Mississippi state. That's a, that was not a good Mississippi state team. So a little bit of that is just, they weren't that good. They weren't given a whole lot of pressure on him. Um, but man, it was, I'll tell you one thing, if, if anything, with the season, how it's gone this year, it was fun to watch, and that is more than you can say about a lot of aspects of a and football team this year. All
0: right. Well, I, I appreciate you. I mean, in the midst of this, now it may have had something to do with getting to see your family, but to come cover a non-conference basketball game, but now you're getting to see an ACC team, right? This is the SMU's about to take on. A little different feel. And as you go around the hilltop, look up there at those ACC. And, oh, by the way, stop over there at, uh, they're open late at night, too. Shug's, uh, it's called uh, Shug's Bagels Shop, right over there by campus on Mockingbird. And that's unbelievable stuff. I know growing up where we did, we're not big bagel people. But, whoa, this is a different level of bagel and then they'll put you get the reuben you get some pastrami on it and some of that groundstone mustard uh whoa i mean it'll it'll it, it's it's a life-changing type deal so you can go to golf's for a cheeseburger pre-game and then maybe a late night well they may just do that on the weekends but you can go over there to shugs so just keep that in mind since like you're going to be in to. town for a couple days yeah
1: sounds like you're trying to get an nil deal there for for shugs
0: yeah yeah i uh, i would love one of those deals i yeah um love and by the way over in your part of the town lubbies is the new bagel place i don't know why i'm oh. I'm, I'm way into bagels these days but it's Krayle called bagel uh,
1: okay
0: yeah L-U-B-B-I-E, apostrophe not S, l u b b i e apostotroph no lubbies it, it's pronounced lubbies
1: a, a Luann bagel
0: <laughs> okay i know, now you're just trying to do jokes <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll raise you the smothered steak at uh, Highland Park Cafeteria. Okay, uh, there you go. Whoa, there you go. Whoa, that was yeah <laughs> over there, over at Casa Linda. Um, listen, stay. We uh, we want to be in touch with you on this thing, and I know you've been in touch. You got great sources out there. The Regents, we know some of the same people. I can't. These people suddenly stop returning calls and texts. I've noticed. I've kind of reached uh-huh. out to maybe some big ags and uh not getting my usual hello or how's it going, Mosley? Uh they've kind of gone in the bunker <laughs> mentality. So uh you and you and uh Cessna keep doing your thing and uh and then we'll hopefully there'll be a, there'll be some big news. Elko's interesting. I mean Duke's Duke's been a lot easy you know, for fun to watch. They lost their quarterback. I mean they were on their way to about a eight or nine win season. And y'all know Elko. I kinda I mean, that's not a bad one. That's kind of a good he he's that's an in between. You don't have to pay him like crazy like you'd have to pay some of these other people. Like Dan Lanning, you're gonna have to pay him eleven or twelve million a year or whatever craziness it is. I mean, did yeah, you see what Bill? Yeah. I don't think that's gonna
1: happen. I don't think that's gonna happen, and I don't think you're gonna see another guaranteed contract, which that's the way everything is trending, and I, you're going to have to. There, that's going to eliminate some of the, the the pool if you're not going to yeah. offer that guaranteed contract. So,
0: yeah. Uh and and you need to keep John Sharp out of this deal because I mean was some of his work on Jimbo. I, I I I guarantee you he was he was all up in that deal. The you know oh my gosh we got to go get Jimbo and then he was doing all the weird stuff in the early days of that. So I think the uh, act. The, the best. Yeah.
1: The best story that I'll break, if I break a, an amazing story later in my career, it'll never get as much play as, because I broke the, the the dateless plaque story the, with the national championship on it, and it'll never get as much play as that. That, that might be my <laughs> crowning achievement of my career.
0: <laughs> that was some of John Sharp's work. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's your crowning achievement i think there'll be one even bigger in your future all right i see i see really good things for you okay tell your family hi and uh holler at me if you want to grab lunch or coffee or whatever but uh, have a great night over there uh and uh as the ags take on the mustangs on the hilltop talk to you soon travis you got it all right there he goes travis brown it is time